Hello, welcome to Collective Insanity. Um, this is my podcast. Yeah, I've started a podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I just wanted to build a platform where I could like basically interview cool people and have meaningful conversations about things that maybe we're too hesitant to talk about in our like everyday, and you know, raise awareness on different issues. So, yeah. For today's episode, I'm having a conversation with Aisha about um, the Uyghur Muslims and what's happening in China, but also Islamophobia in general. So, yeah. Hello. Um, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am all good. How has lockdown been for you? Um, it's okay. It's good. Um it's a bit you know a bit boring a bit tiring but yeah every day is just the same day isn't it but we move <laughs> yeah I feel you I feel like I'm kind of liking it because I don't think I've ever had this much time alone with myself yeah but yeah, that's anyway, definitely, I like that yeah I was gonna say that's definitely positive of it yeah like yeah I'm a homebody, so I I am low key enjoying it. I think it's more. Yeah, the, yeah I feel like the I thing I'm missing learn. is getting ready and having a purpose to get ready. That's the only thing. Otherwise, that's it, really. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I feel you on that. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to ask you, like, why do you feel it's important to talk about like what's going on? I mean, I feel like it's obviously important, but what's your connection to it? Um, I feel like it's very important to speak about it, just because um, it's not very um, kind of it's not covered much by the media and things so I think it it is like become incumbent upon individuals and things to just speak their um speak about it and you know kind of just raise awareness as much as we can in our individual capacities because yeah that's all we can do really we're all just small little dots on the earth and that's all we can do (laughs) yeah just do our part yeah um so if you didn't know islam is an abrahamic religion like judaism and christianity and it was founded in the seventh century by prophet muhammad when he received his first revelation by angel gabriel it makes islam one of the youngest religions and muslims believe that muhammad was the last muhammad was the last prophet and the quran emphasizes that there is one single powerful god and repeated themes are the fact that there is one single powerful god and the importance of taking care of the less fortunate and you know that kind of rolls around this topic now as well I guess um and I think yeah um I just wanted to ask you what do you feel like being Muslim means to you and that type of belief how does it impact your life um I think being Muslim is uh, any being part of any religion is an individual experience um -hmm. I think it's very much about um understanding yourself as a person and knowing um you knowing yourself enough to be accountable for the things that you're not the proudest of um, and being able to improve those things I think um it's all about you know being just being a good person even when no one's watching Um, yeah and you know trying to trying to kind of replicate the lives of the role models you've been put put um that have been put in front of you you know for example the prophet or his wives or you know his his disciples and you know just things like that just just trying to be the best person you can be um and having your individual relationship with god sorry that was my um laptop yes that that was beautiful i feel like um 
yeah, the subjectiveness of religion should be highlighted just way more often mm-hmm. because I feel like the interpretations of religions are so vast and I feel like it's important to understand that because once you do understand that you realize that putting like religion or putting the name of religion under any act or any group of people is literally ridiculous mm-hmm. because it's something that's so personal either it be with you and yeah. god or whatever belief you have but yeah, yeah I, I agree um so what's happening in china as most people have like seen it on their phones but you know more of an in-depth is is that there's Uyghur Muslims and they are a majority group that live mostly in Xinjiang in um, an area in the northwestern of China. Uyghurs are mostly of Muslim Turkish ethnicity and regard themselves closely and culturally more ethnically close to um, Central Asian nations. Majority live in Xinjiang and they number up to 11 million and they've lived there for 2000 years. So they've been there for a while, you know, that's their life. (laughs) Like, very much have a right. Um, And the crackdown on them started in 2017 in Xinjiang after um, there was a murder of eight people um, due to a knife attack in February of that year. The Chinese government initially denied the existence of the camps entirely and defined them as re-education camps and claim it as a necessary measure against separatist violence. Chinese media states that basic states and are telling the public that without these measures, measures, <laughs> measures, sorry, Xinjiang would become would begin to resemble conflicts in countries such as Syria and Libya. Mm-hmm. So ridiculous. Yeah. It just doesn't right. make sense, does it? <laughs> Yeah, it really doesn't. So it seems like there's been a group of people in an area for a very long time. And, you know, they're kind of trying to get rid of them <laughs> at this point. Um, and I feel like it ties in quite a lot, especially because they're Muslims. And I feel like there has been um, a rise of Islamophobia, especially since 9-11. Yeah. And there has been, like, quite a big shift. And... I wanted to just know your perspectives on the shifts as a member of the Muslim community. Yeah, I mean, um, as I said, I I'm obviously a two thousands baby, so I can't <laughs> I can't speak about what happened um like before nine eleven. But mm-hmm. you know, growing up in a post nine eleven environment and kind of um, world, I I definitely think um, blame has been more targeted and um, religious yeah. wise because I feel like before everyone I feel like before people weren't too aware of other people's religions to be honest especially in countries like the UK um yeah. I can't imagine that there was mass kind of awareness of it's almost like another reason to hate or yeah separate. I feel like it was just a bit more targeted a bit more um you know kind of specific it was like oh, this is what a Muslim looks like. They're not all, not all brown people are Muslims, but these are what Muslims look like and these are what they're yeah. being taught. Obviously, you have to... Um, I think it was in, it's like... It's easy separatism, yeah, really. I think it was in, yeah. like, the 60s... The 60s to the 70s that, like, a lot of Asians immigrated to the UK. So mm-hmm. when you think of that time, they must... No one really knew about their religion at all. So the first thing that you're getting in terms of information about this these this group of people's religion is that it teaches them violence it teaches them this and and this and that and you know they're trying to put their laws on in this country and you know so that is the first contact people had with 
with the religion of Islam. So I think it definitely it definitely set a tone for the way um, for the way it's perceived after yeah. that. And you know, how many times do we hear jokes about being Muslim, relate like obviously relating to terrorism? And you know, there's it's practically ingrained in the media to have this underlying bias against it and things. So. I feel like it's lazy as well, yeah. like actually having to like look at a group of people and being like, oh yeah, majority of them are like this. Unless yeah. we're talking about historically what their people have done in a general sense, then yeah, yeah it's, it's just ignorant, lazy. Isn't it? it's yeah, it's just so, complete assumptions. You're not looking at the actual causes or trying to tackle the issue in hand. Yeah, like, so exactly. So yeah. yeah, I think after 9-11, there was obviously a big shift against um, that worked obviously against Muslims. Um, yeah. yeah I think it was just a bit more targeted because before that people probably weren't as bothered about different religions and things like that yeah so um I was like looking um like further deep in like while I was doing my research I found that in the area of Xinjiang they have received like huge state investments and in industrial energy projects mm-hmm. and Beijing has claimed that the investments are major steps forward for the region ironically while these same statements have been made, the Uyghurs have complained that their farmland has been confiscated for redevelopment. Mm-hmm. The mass um, the mass immigration of the Han Chinese um, to Xinjiang has made the Uyghurs a minority now in the area. And the Chinese government have also launched biometric um, tracking campaign throughout the region, taking DNA and blood samples from them under the disguise of mandatory health checks. So <laughs> that's that's some crazy information. Yeah, there. I feel like um, it's crazy how they've taken an area and they're trying to progress their country or in whatever way that they can, and they've almost seen the Uyghurs as a hinder of that, like as almost just not people, but just you know like something in the way yeah like, like an inconvenience yeah 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 it's like when you it's like when you're digging for a foundation of a building and you come across i don't know a coal mine or something it's just an inconvenience yeah. you need to get rid of it you need to blow it up and just get rid of yeah. it's like that kind of mentality yeah. you know by any means any means just get rid of them yeah and exploit like the region's like that they're settling on like regions that they have been settling on for for thousands of years and it's literally modern colonization and like and it's just disgusting because you say that we're so far forward from slavery you say that we're so far forward from world war ii and like concentration camps in general and you know just like genocides but here we are today witnessing this and almost afraid to talk about it yeah I mean it's really honestly it's really upsetting like I think history just repeats itself and you know China's obviously doing something really big on a massive scale you know they're trying to wipe out a whole kind of ethnicity a whole community Mm -hmm. of people and that's really um you know that's really hurtful as a Muslim community because we I don't even think a lot of us were aware of, of the prominence of this community within China because yeah. we're, we're so used to, um, you know, we're so used to having this perception that Muslims are more populated in, in you know, like South Asia or Middle the Middle East and things like that. Yeah, which is a complete lie. Yeah. It's literally like... It's, it's, it, it's global. It's the biggest yeah. religion in the world. It is the biggest um, one, yeah. I'm not too sure, but I, I know I know the population of Muslims are in the billions, so... 
Um, yeah, I think it is. So yeah, but then like it's just it's obviously very hurtful and things. But you know, Islamophobia doesn't just start and end with China. You know, in terms of its repetition of history, in terms of things like the Holocaust, concentration camps, and things like that. Like, if we just look at you know the US, what was Donald Trump proposing? He was proposing for Muslim, I think it's for Muslims to have like ID tags or something. Um, uh, this was uh, this was very oh. early on in his presidency, which obviously what didn't happen. Um, but again, France also proposed that they wanted ch- Muslim children to have like IT ID tags so that they could keep on track of what their parents were teaching them at home and things like that. And then we look at India. India have have had um situations where they've they've not um they're not allowing people to name their children after Muslim names. They've, they've oh, said yeah, that they're yeah. gonna, they said they're not going to accept any more Muslim refugees into the country. Oh, so, you know, it's, it's not just about China. It's happening all around us. And we are so blind and so desensitized and complacent with, yes. you know, ignoring it. But it's, it's, it's not just a problem within China. It's literally just a, it's a, literally a global problem. It's a people. I feel like it's it's not just a problem in within Muslims either. It's also a problem with like people of color. Yeah. And I feel like this is why I feel like it's so important to emphasize. Oh, by the way, it's not the biggest religion. It's the second bit. It's the first girl. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to put fake information out there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I feel like it's definitely an issue between like people of color. And I feel like that's why it's so important. Like if you are interested in the Black Lives Matter movement yeah. or anything like that then it's important to you or even if you're an immigrant and you feel like there are any types of problems with like xenophobia then being able to like actually meet on a like on a common ground and be like oh my god there's people going through similar experiences yeah then I feel like it shouldn't harness you to like try and you know fight towards it and like you know try and make a change because even a conversation is a way of making change yeah like I feel like people think that for it to be impactful or to make an impact, it has to be massive. Yeah. And I feel like we were talking about this and we were saying how actually the smaller things are what makes, like, one of the greater impacts in some way. Yeah, I mean, it's got to start from somewhere. I mean, like, um, you know, we were talking about how how no one's going to do anything without being told to do it for example our governments they're not going to apply pressure unless people are making them apply pressure the government only do what we want them to do do you know what i mean um obviously that's that's a controversial statement because i understand no no i agree (laughs) obviously they have their own inside things and their own interests and things like that but at the end of the day what is the government there to do We're, we're the ones who voted them in so yeah. we're the ones who need to apply yeah. pressure if we want them to do something they're not going to do it on their own because you know what i mean so yeah it is it is okay so the recording cuts off before we start exposing fascist societies <laughs> but i wanted to keep um the conversation short and sweet but i think we only covered another topic on um muslim countries um reaction to this um we like spoke about an article on the guardian by nick cohen if you want to check it out um yeah, and further educate yourself on that. The reaction has been quite minimal, but actually takes a different approach in it and thinks that um they're not very um they're not like religious leaders or anything like that. So their involvement, they're acting more of a state than actually acting in the name of Islam. And I feel like that's a good point to point out too. But also, I think these men still do manipulate religion into um state into controlling state policies. 
but that's a different conversation on a whole too. But I just wanted to thank Aisha. Um, I'm going to put her Instagram on the description, so follow her. It's styled by Aisha. I'm also going to link SKT Welfare, so if you want to further educate yourself, make a donation. I made a donation. It goes to a good cause. So, yeah. Thanks. I'll see you. <laughs>